Ready or not, here I come. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Munez here with the latest, the greatest edition of Nick's Nonfiction today on the program, Anne Frank's Diarrhea. What would get to you first? Hunger? Boredom? Living in confined quarters? Maybe even the looming threat of death around every corner? One fart could cost you your life. The Diarrhea. Anne Frank, she's the original lo-fi girl. That's what I'm doing out here. A slight hum in the audio, scribbling away at her desk. If Anne Frank would have watched Home Alone, it would have been a game changer. <laughs> We're going to take it easy today. Holocaust jokes, they're out of mind comfort zone. <laughs> and frankly, I find them offensive. <laughs> We're going to take it easy. Seriously, how long would you last? There's not much to this book. I think World War II was the hide-and-seek Olympics. The Jews took the gold. And that's not the first time. Oh! Jews love money. And Frank, she showed this cunning resolve that any Jew could be proud of, you know? She lived two years rent-free. <laughs> and Frank. Jewish people that can't eat hot dogs, what do they eat? And Frank fritters. Jewish jokes, I'm going to be insensitive. Bro, I'm going to sh throw shade at the official narrative. This 12-year-old is a New York Times best-selling author. Okay, <laughs> we'll be right back with the show. Seriously, this is about the human spirit. There's motivation. Stay tuned. About the author Anne Frank. It's a biography. We don't need to drag this thing out. Harry shit on Instagram. It's probably my best work at the moment. Just kidding. We're... This is the golden age of the show. Just people can't tell. And frankly, <laughs> yeah, they're going to make galleries of my memes, son. I'm just stalling now so I could try to show you a cool visual in between the story. Patreon.com slash the niche. Exclusive books every month. Memes every month. Reaction videos. Hell yeah. There's not even a beat at this point, so let's move along. What's Anne Frank's favorite anime? Death Note. Thank you for being here. We'll be right back. Chapter 1, The Diary of Anne Frank. The Nazis are coming. The only thing that I want to put in your mind before this book, she must be the most well-spoken 13-year-old to ever live. I've told you that since I was 12, I've been keeping a diary. Just listen. Sunday, June 14th, 1942. I'll begin from the moment I got you, the moment I saw you lying on the table among my birthday presents. And Frank, she talks to the diary directly, so this 8th grader has a perfect grasp on the second person point of view. My teacher used to say, like, I would switch from past to present in the middle of sentences. She's 13. <laughs> I'm like, I had the short-handed scribblings of a madman. I'm like, yeah, ditch this perspective of mine if you don't want to. We got tons of quotes about someone living in an attic. How interesting. Quote, I was awake at 6 o'clock, which isn't surprising, since it was my birthday. But I'm not allowed to get up at that hour, so I had to control my curiosity until quarter to 7. When I couldn't wait any longer, I went into the dining room, when Morty the cat welcomed me by rubbing against my legs. The birthday hall included... From Daddy and Mama, I got a blue blouse, a game, a bottle of grape juice. Uh, my mind thought it tasted like wine. A puzzle, a jar of cold ice cream, 2.5 guilders, and a gift certificate for two books. If they got her an iPhone, she could have streamed the whole thing. We could subscribe to her only Franks. 
she's a 13 year old she understands dialogue detail narrative some good stuff here she's talking about her birthday at school i didn't arrive home until five since i went to gym with the rest of the class i'm not allowed to take part because my shoulders and hips tend to get dislocated nerd as it was my birthday i got to decide which game my classmates would play and i chose volleyball she a volleyball ho june 15th 1942 I'll start by saying a few things about my school and my class, beginning with the students. Betty Blomendahl looks kind of poor. I think she probably is. She lives on some obscure street in West Amsterdam, and none of us know where it is. She does very well at school, but that's because she works so hard, not because she's smart. She's class conscious. She's therapeutic. Who the fuck writes in their diary about other irrelevant people? Betty Blumenthal will never come back up in the story. Like, I have my 14-year-old diary. It's ten lines about what happened to me that day. Zero transitions out of the Washington Post. We're skipping ahead here to what matters. Big quote I found June 20th. She's addressing the reader. I hope I will be able to confide everything to you, as I have never been able to confide in anyone, and I hope you'll be a great source of comfort and support. Breaking the fourth wall out here. She'd be more like, damn, Frank. Yeah, she's coming out of, uh, <laughs> I thought this was dumb in her diary. She's writing her backstory, you know, because if you're writing in your diary at the end of the night, you have to remind yourself where you're from. I was born in Frankfurt, Germany in 1929. My family moved to Holland in 1933 because we're Jewish, and my father found a job at a chemical company. He's making Zyklon B. They killed the Jews with farts. <laughs> Like, they have family in Germany. The mom is always freaking out. The Jews couldn't ride in streetcars. They're saying, like, there's all these laws coming up. June 22nd, the girls from school start a ping pong club. And they go to a Jewish inclusionary ice cream shop. Bragging for a couple pages about her being the best in her English class. And she meets a new student in the middle of July. His name is Hello, to make things simple. His parents are trapped in Belgium, so Hello becomes the love interest in her Romeo-Juliet side plot because she knows how to run an A and a B plot. Hello nor I no longer felt like sitting in our chairs, so we went for a walk, and he didn't deliver me to the door until ten past eight. Father was furious. July 5th. And come home. She doesn't, like, get any action there. I would have included it. July 5th. Anne come homes with a report card. She's trying to brag and her parents don't care. They're going, we're pawning off our items, Anne. We're broke. We're going to have to go into hiding. Yeah, boo-hoo. No one cares. She got straight A's. Anne's sister, Margot, she got a call for on the house phone one day. And it was the SS guard saying they're coming around to check for Jews. The Nazis are on the other side of the phone. Hey, turn down the horror music back there. Yeah, no Jews around here. Eh, I get to spin the dreidel next. Yeah, no no Jews. Quote, after we arrived at 263 Prinzergracht, Miep quickly led us through the long hallway and up the wooden staircase to the next floor into the annex. Like you're told she stayed in a attic. They had an entire wing of a building. Meep shut the door behind us, leaving us alone. Margot had arrived much earlier on her bike and was waiting for us. Saturday, July 11th. Mother and Margot were unable to move a muscle. They lay down on their bare mattress, tired, miserable. I don't know what else. 
But father and I, the two cleaner-uppers in the family, started right away. All day long, we unpacked boxes, filled cupboards, hammered nails, quiet as a church mouse. Until we fell exhausted into our clean beds at night, we hadn't eaten a hot meal all day, and we didn't care. Day one in hiding, build day. Like, seriously, you think it's 12 people in an attic, it's an entire wing of a building. And she's got this literary expertise, she's going to leave us on a cliffhanger here. Until Wednesday, I didn't have a chance to think about the enormous change in my life. Then, for the first time since our arrival in the secret annex, I found a moment to tell you about it and to realize what happened to me and what was yet to happen. Chapter 2, Family Feud. Gotta bring back Steve Harvey. Oh, Lord! Anne admits what I was making fun of her for here. Living in the annex is similar to being on vacation in a strange boarding house. The annex is probably the most comfortable hiding place in all of Holland. This is like the sweet life of Zack and Cody and Anne Frank. <laughs> She's living in a hotel. She added this because her dad is complaining about the ticking clock. She's going, I'm the grateful one. And she hangs up a movie poster that she packed. She's anticipating the arrival of the Van Dan family. Meanwhile, Anne and her mom are starting to argue a lot. And she thinks her dad is the only one that understands her because they're sentimental. The Van Dans, they're being hunted down by name. The friendly townspeople, they're spreading false rumors. Yeah, I heard the Van Dans, they're visiting the Wailing Wall. After they arrive, that's going to be fun, feeding false information to Nazis. Mr. Voluski, the father of one of Mr. Frank's co-workers, builds a bookcase in front of the door of the annex to conceal it. Quote, Peter Van Dan annoyed the family immediately with his hypochondria. Two years with a nervous Jew? There's too much dust! Mrs. Van Dan acts like a mother to Anne. It's pissing her off even more. She's got two moms to argue with. This is like October 14th to 20th, 1942. November 20th. She's getting along with her sister Margot. She's learning math and English. And they do a diary swap one day. So this is her sister writing. I asked what Anne wanted to be when she was older, but she wouldn't say, and was quite mysterious about it. I gathered it had something to do with teaching. And Anne doesn't know. It's a huge thing. Don't care. The families, they had two scares at this time. One time a man was called to, like, change the fire extinguishers. <laughs> Who are these people behind the bookcase? And then the second time, the bookshelf started rattling. And it was just Meep rearranging the books. Meep. October 7th, 1942. Oh, I long to get my period. Then I'll be ready to grow up. Daddy is grumbling again. Daddy. <laughs> it's been two years, Daddy. I still haven't got my period. It's been two She's longing for trust, love, and physical affection. Oh, the horrors. From now on, I'm going to hide it. She thinks that, like, if she writes about sexual stuff and someone finds it, then they're going to take her book away, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, she's ripping off Winston Churchill. Churchill. This is the end of the beginning. You didn't come up with that, Anne. Biggest thing end of the chapter? Dentist Albert Dussel comes into hiding. He was a local dentist married to a Christian woman. Dussel and Anne start sharing a room. Bad idea. Anne says, even though I'm surrounded by people, <laughs> I feel alone. Edgelord Anne. Chapter 3. Good times, bad times. 
This is going to be a short edition. Not much substance. We know how the story ends. The building's power shuts off because they were overusing it. What? That's a bigger red flag than the Nazi flag. Not bad. Anne and Dussel are ruffling feathers, sharing a room. Quote, Dussel was the badly bought up center of attention in a family of nitpickers. <laughs> He's the nitpicker in a family of Jews. Hanukkah comes around. They light the candle for ten minutes. And, uh, yeah, the candles are in short supply. Is the whole, like, uh, survival aspect of it. You gotta find a way to celebrate. I learned something new here. St. Nicholas Day is on December 6th in Holland. For St. Nicholas Day, Father hid a basket filled with presents and a mask of Black Peter in a cabinet. So I looked into this. Who is Black Peter? It was St. Nicholas's slave who he made make all of the presents. <laughs> There's the real story of Christmas. It's about slavery. The Jews are trying to cancel Christmas. Santa's racist. No, he hires blacks and midgets. He's an equal opportunity employer. It's a good thing. Mr. Van Dan, he starts making sausages to preserve the meat. Dussel opens up a pretend dentist office. Mrs. Van Dan has the most cavities. P pissed that he's pointing out all of her flaws. Mrs. Van Dan, she starts nagging Dussel over the coming months, saying, you're too particular, nitpicky. Oh my god, this would be a nightmare. <laughs> oh, you had to brush your teeth more. You're not leaving my daughter alone. And she says in this time she's able to learn from Dussel that Mrs. Van Dan is trying to change him. So like Mrs. Van Dan, she already worked her pet project on Mr. Van Dan. And that guy, they said he's smelly and gross. And so Dussel, who's sharing a room with Anne, she's like, watch. This bitch is going to try to change me just because I'm living with her now. This guy fucking rules. Dentist Dussel. He says one night he was being awoken by a biting rat. And then Anne is awoken by gunshots one night. You'll see as time goes on, the hide-and-seek game gets harder. This is only six months in. March 27th, 1943. All Jews must be deported from Eucharist and other provinces of the Netherlands by the beginning of July. They're not going to follow any of this. More eventful, Dussel's birthday comes up, and his wife from the outside mails him food which he doesn't share. <laughs> Mr. Frank hears from his British connect in Sicily. They're going, the war is going to be over soon. False. A lot of false information coming from the outside. It adds to the torment. And she asks Mr. Dussel if she can use the table in the corner of the room to study. And he refuses. This turns into a big feud. I, I told you I need the desk to do my taxes. And Mr. Frank has to get involved here. He's going, let Anne use it on the weekends. If this was the Jersey Shore, they would have fought over it. Florida-Bama line. Big event, the house gets broken into, and the robbers didn't find the annex. But now they're low on sugar and food coupons. The air sirens are going off weekly. Society is starting to collapse. Italy surrenders, which lightens the mood. Meep is having to undergo a serious stomach operation. They're having more paranoia. There's this guy across the street who works at a factory. They recognize him as Mr. Morin. He's peering up at the annex window every day. 
And again, nothing plays out with this. September 16th, 1943. I've been taking Valerian every day to fight the anxiety and depression, but it doesn't stop me from being even more miserable the next day. So let me just take it again to feel worse the next day. What the fuck? Why is she mentioning that right now? She's been taking opium this whole time. <laughs> Doesn't make it that hard. Mr. Frank asks Mr. Kleeman for a children's Bible so that Anne can learn the New Testament. Damn, so he's like, I'll try anything. My daughter's becoming a pillhead in confinement. He's going to Christianity. It's the end of an era here. She misplaces her pen. It burns on a stove. And she's going, yeah, I wish I would die. Should be careful what you wish for, Anne. <laughs> Chapter 4, Juberty. <laughs> Quote, I sometimes wonder if anyone will ever overlook my ingratitude and not worry about whether or not I'm Jewish and merely see me as a teenager badly in need of some good, plain fun. That's what I'm saying. She probably should be popping some pills from behind the mirror. And, <laughs> like, sorry, Anne, nobody cares about your wish here. She just said, look at me as a teenager. Nah, and you're a Jewish prophet. <laughs> Literally, nobody cares about what this little girl wanted. The real story is, how is a kid sufficing in solitary confinement here? She's learning Latin. Eh, yeah, maybe she picked up a drug problem. Quote, A good hearty laugh would help better than ten valerian drops, but we've almost forgotten how to laugh. What is this? It's like a Jewish quiet place, that movie. Bad bit. <laughs> What is this, another December rolls around? St. Nicholas Day comes again. I decorated a laundry basket with colorful paper and filled it with my shoes. My father and I wrote verses and put one another in each other's shoes. I don't know, these Jewish people love their shoe piles. That's the only racist joke I can make out of that. And she's starting to read back on old journal entries. And she's going, damn, I was a dick to my mom. Whoa, I was so immature, man. Here's a sweet secret from her diary. So when it starts to get good, guys. Wednesday, January 5th, 1944. I also had a terrible desire to kiss her. She's talking about Venus de Milo, this fictional character, a girl in her book. Every time I see a female nude, such as the Venus in my art history book, I go into ecstasy. Sometimes I find them so exquisite, I have to struggle to hold back my tears. If only I had a girlfriend, let's be honest, Anne. Sometimes, when I lie in bed at night, I feel a terrible urge to touch my breasts and listen to the quiet, steady beating of my heart. Gay! I woke up just before seven and immediately remembered what I'd been dreaming about. I was sitting in a chair across from Peter. Peter Schiff. You mean stockbroker Peter Schiff? Net worth of 50 billion? Peter Schiff, another one of these schoolboys like Hello. His bitch is a better storyteller than Shyamalan. Peter Van Dan becomes Peter Schiff from her dreams. She's going, I see men as a whole now. Hey, Anne, that's how I see women as a whole. <laughs> Chapter 5, Jubilee. <coughs> this fun storyline is going to continue. She's getting into her sexuality. Pardon me. <coughs> that's what I do. I cough in the pussy. Quote, the adults constantly repeat the stories they have heard from Mr. Kleeman, Jan, and Meep, which are mainly stories about other Jews who are in hiding. Welcome to adulthood. It's them gossiping. 
That's why they gotta read the New Testament. Stop gossiping. Improve the annex. Quote, I had an intense desire to be alone, but now worry that someday I will be more alone than I would like. Peter says to Anne one night, Us Jews will survive. We are the chosen people. Anne says just this once, I hope the Jews aren't chosen for something bad. <laughs> that wasn't a real quote. She's m putting the sexual tension on high. She even wants to hook up with the slob Mr. Van Dan. And Dussel, the dentist, she's saying, is starting to look at her differently. I don't know what, I need a water. Ouch! <gasps> and here comes the insightful entries. It's almost like a publisher was asking her to wrap it up. I transitioned from a life filled with sunshine to one of quarrels and accusations, which has made me stubborn and insolent. I can only cry out and implore. Oh, ring, ring, open wide and let us out. Drama, first-rate vocab. This is like uh, the best book ever. Food is dwindling. They have to resort to the black market food and wind up getting sick. Margaret writes that she's jealous of Anne's relationship with Peter. And that's only because she wants someone that she could share her feelings with. There it is, bro. Women are only horny when they're in heat. And, like, this is her younger sister. She's going, I want a boyfriend so I could talk his ear off. <laughs> Anne's trying to smash. Am I allowed to say that? She's kind of cute. But, yeah, she's too young. <laughs> she talks like a full-grown woman. <laughs> YouTube groomer intensifies. Friday, March 24th, 1944. We need some sexy music here. She's starting to explore her body. Oh. <laughs> The lower part looks just as if it were skin, and yet that's where the vagina is. She talk about pussy. You could barely find it, because the folds of skin hide the opening. The holes, so small I could hardly imagine how a man would get in there. Bro! I'm actually getting turned on, I didn't know Anne Frank. When I was reading it, I had to crank a couple out. Much less, how could a baby come out? It's hard enough trying to get your index finger inside. Oh yeah! She was fingering herself in the annex. Let's go, baby! Next non-fiction! That was the best quote. Oh, yeah! Anne Frank be diddling her vag. Flicking the bean. DJ in the VJ. Holy shit, let's go. She moves on to talk about how there's no vegetables. Oh, my God! She just wants a fucking squash to cram up her cooter. Yeah, let's go, in. Fuck. This is stage Nick. Reel it in. If my diary goes, I go too. If God lets me live, I'll make my voice heard. <laughs> and she's finally going. Back to her main point. Uh, the only thing that matters is my diary. Tensions kind of never go back down because the air sirens are going off every single day. Our weekly lunch menu consists of brown beans, split pea soup, potato dumplings, kugel. Kugel with a bunch of jills. <laughs> Turnips, rotten carrots. And then it's back to brown beans. Bro, I eat rice and beans every day. I don't feel bad for you. Because of the bread shortage, yeah, I don't eat bread. Get keto in. 
We eat potatoes at every meal, starting with breakfast, but we fry them. To make soup, we use brown beans, navy beans, potatoes, vegetables. I thought you said you had no vegetables. Yeah, bro, brown beans and everything. Anne's telling her dad about her crush, Peter. He tells her not to take it too seriously and how true power is showing restraint. That was a big point of the book, bro. How the fuck did Mr. Frank keep his cool? There's two dudes trying to bang his underage daughter. He's like, please read the Bible, Anne. <laughs> She's fingering herself in the room. This guy is the real MVP. <laughs> June 6, 1944, D-Day. BBC announces that the Allied invasion of France has begun. I don't believe the war is simply the work of politicians and capitalists. She's a politician now. The common man is every bit as guilty. <laughs> Are we? I started the fire. Otherwise, people and nations would have rebelled long ago. Can't argue with that. There's a destructive urge in people. The urge to rage, murder, kill. And until all of humanity, without exception, undergoes a metamorphosis, wars will continue to be waged. Bro, she like knows life better than Ellie Wiesel, the one who wrote Night About the Hot... Bro. I just don't understand how she wrote so well. Mr. Frank, he lost a bet with Mrs. Van Dan, and he owed her five jars of yogurt. That was the last of the desserts. Final insight. When everybody starts hovering over me, I get sad, and finally end up turning my heart inside out. The bad part on the outside, and the good part on the inside, and keep trying to find a way to become what I'd like to be, and what I could be. If only there were no other people in the world. That's literally how her diary ends. I like if it ends this way. Did you guys just hear a knock at the door? <laughs> she, that was the perfect way to end their bestseller. Literally, we never hear from her again. September 11th, 1945. They were taken to a prison camp, Meep and everybody, for sheltering them. Amster Fort. And then they were putting on a train to Auschwitz. January 6, 1945, Mrs. Frank died at Auschwitz-Birkenau. Hunger and exhaustion. And then it's not until March of 1945 that Anne and Margot are reported dead by typhus. And Otto Frank is the only survivor. It's because he renounced his Judaism in hiding and went for the true faith. <laughs> For all the jokes, you know, all the Holocaust humor that I went over today, my grandfather was in a concentration camp. Fucking poor bastard fell out of his guard tower. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that's gonna do it. And Frank's The Diarrhea. Thank you guys for staying tuned. We'll hit some more classics. You'll learn the best parts. She was fingering herself. <laughs> I had fun. I hope you guys did too. Next week on the show, we are going to make it a bit of a real fucking story. We're going to analyze the modern world, contemporary stuff. I'm going to weigh in on World War III. The end of the world is just the beginning. Yeah, Howard Zinn, this guy's been doing some podcast circuits. It's going to be a good one. Trust me, last edition of the year. We're also going to have our super cut. Yeah, we're going to keep it going. There's no end in sight, people. This is life. I'm just getting good. Think about all the work that I put in at this. But why would I give up? Anyway. Memes, reactions, books. 
Harry Schwann on Instagram. Thank you guys again. Let's get a random soundboard effect to take it home. And back to real life. That's me vacuuming at work. Love you guys. Yeah, baby. This is the best part of the week. I just got to make fun of Jews for half an hour. Thank you for being here. The Knickers. I'll see you in seven short days. Take it easy out there.